What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, you've joined us on an NWA Power Rewind as we march our way through uh, all of the episodes of NWA Power since the quarantine hit. Obviously, we can't enjoy new episodes of NWA Power, so we're going to go back and rewatch and enjoy the old episodes. And I never do it alone. Today, I am joined by a new guest. His name is Cody Jenny. Welcome, Cody. Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Oh, man. So Cody and I only know, and this is the, literally the first time we've talked in sort of person. Uh, I don't yeah, know what you call <laughs> We have communicated uh, through Facebook, mostly. And uh, Cody was uh, interested in, in helping out the show. And I was like, well, we are doing this uh, rewatch and you can jump on for one of these. Um, that's yeah. right, right? Like it's, it's been Facebook pretty much. It's the only time we've really communicated. Yeah, that was about it. Okay. All right. Um, so Cody does have an interesting background, though. Cody does do some pro wrestling commentary. Uh, for live events. Uh, t tell us a little bit about that, Cody. Um, I do commentary for Excite Wrestling, Empire State Wrestling, C4 Wrestling, Revenge Pro Wrestling, soon to be Square Circle Project. All of those companies based in New York, except for C4, based up in Canada. And yeah, I just go around. And I also do commentary for Immortal Championship Wrestling as well. So I get pretty busy over the, over the weekends, usually, but Due to the pandemic, I have a lot more free time on my hands, but yeah, I usually I'm around quite often. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have you been doing that for? Started June 2018 by complete accident, actually. Like what? How, how do you accidentally become a, a wrestling commentator? The commentator that was supposed to, that, to be at the Empire State Wrestling show uh, just no-showed. And they were getting ready to go live on Twitch and they were doing a test. So I go out to just kind of test the microphone for our producer, Jonathan Ash, and make sure things are on the up and up. And shockingly enough in that night, I ended up calling the pounce heard around the world from Ace Romero that ended up on ESPN, on TMZ, all over the place. That's where he ended up pouncing uh, fellow competitor Anthony Gaines about 17 feet out of the ring and all the way over towards our entrance ramp. Kane signaling for it here. Both men go to the corner. And the pounce to the outside! Pounce sends him over the top to the outside! Yeah, and then our promoter ended up liking me. So I started there and kept going, became the full-time play-by-play commentator and then just branched out from there. That's really, really cool, man. And uh, have you been, so I, I assume you've been a lifelong wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember watching old Raw as Wars back with my dad. Okay. So is that is that your first introduction into it, like doing like Monday Night Raw with uh, WWE and stuff? 
Yep. I would say watching the old Monday Night Wars between WCW and WWE Raw. And yeah, that's where I ended up getting my start back in 99. I was five at the time. Gotcha. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, I was, I grew up a WWF fan. So, uh, and WWE and stuff like that. So I was, you know, even though I grew up, I was born originally in Georgia. I, I, you know, I I wasn't a huge NWA fan right at first. So how did um, that happen for you? Obviously we know each other now because of the NWA where, what was your first interaction with, with the National Wrestling Alliance? My first interaction with the NWA was actually I was working at the time backstage doing a lot of camera work and at Excite Wrestling, we brought in Nick Aldis, who had just really gotten started with the the Aldis Crusade. And he brought the NWA title over to Excite Wrestling where he took on Slick Wagner Brown. And being, that's where I really got my introduction in. When I started more watching regularly was NWA 70. And then we're actually watching NWA branded events. And then just stayed watching it from there. Obviously, I got all wrapped up in the all-in stuff. So I watched the NWA title match between Cody and all this. And, but then when power came around, Billy Corgan sold me, honestly. I just watched the introduction video and then watched the press conference and figured it was something I should check out. And then just fell in love with the brand ever since. Oh, that's cool to hear. Um, so... So Nick Aldis, uh, doing the Aldis World Tour, the ambassador for the NWA. That that was honestly, I mean, during that time was probably, I'm happy to say that I, I you know, part of the reason I'm doing this is, I mean, I kind of got on board right when the 10 pounds of gold thing first started. But um, that Aldis crusade, I remember being like one of the huge things that sold me on the NWA. I, I, I was a Smashing Pumpkins fan anyway, too, and a wrestling fan. So Obviously, that clicked for me, but um, the uh, the Aldis World Tour, like him actually making an effort to like take it around to different places and just showing up wherever to defend the World's Heavyweight Championship, uh, something about that felt really special to me, and uh, I, I started digging that more and more. And even now, like I've fallen out of love, uh, not to talk trash about him too much, but like with WWE, like I don't even watch it as much, but. Uh, um, it's a, it's it's always cool to me to just hear stories about how people came to love the NWA. And so, I mean, you're on board uh, a lot earlier than most um, because, you know, NWA 70 was a big deal, but I think it was, that was their first, their first branded pay-per-view since the relaunch. But uh, it was probably rolling in off the uh, steam behind like all in and that kind of thing. So um but that's a good place to jump on. I mean, you kind of get a feel for it and see all this take the title back from Cody Rhodes. And uh, that was the last big, big thing they had until they led into NWA power starting. Um, so I guess, I mean, we're going to dive in and talk about episode number five in, in this, this episode of the podcast, but uh, the, um, who stands out to you most? Like as you were watching now, if you started at episode one of power, like by the time you reached this point, like who was standing out to you? Like, who were you digging? Like what, what were your notable things so far? At this point, really the standout people for me were more the Dawson's and Ricky Starks. Both were really starting to come into their own by right around this point. And, especially Ricky Starks. He was just starting really that feud with Aaron Stevens, getting the surprise victory on episode four. And then 
cutting just these amazing promos in front of the audience and the really his audience engagement and i'll get into this a little bit more later on when we get to his match was just is second to none with that with the gpb studios crowd so right. that really got me more engaged with ricky and same with the dawson's the dawson's were able to just that brute tag team that brute heel tag team nature really harken back to the old days and it's just a really nice touch to have some more old school stuff especially around that time when AEW was really coming in and impact had just moved over to access tv and there was so much wrestling on it one night or in one time even having that old school feel especially coming out of like the dawson's and ricky starts and colt cabana it's just really a nice touch and really something different you're probably like me too. I don't know how often you get that you should manage the Dawsons, but uh, that that happens yeah. to me all the time. Uh, I think yeah. of beards. <laughs> we yeah, just I uh, get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive in and uh, let's talk about episode number five of NWA Power. Uh, we start off with a recap. I mean, I think they're at this point they're kind of really hammering mm-hmm. in that uh, Eli Drake's got his hands in a lot of places like what's what's the word uh, fingers in a lot of pies or something i don't know that sounds awful but <laughs> just uh, <laughs> the, uh anyway uh he, he's he's interacting a lot with james storm about the national title he's in tim storm's business about the tag titles he's uh constantly pestering nick aldis about the world title so that's what i took away from that intro um eli Eli's a, a mysterious character at this point, and I'm not sure it even gets cleared up here, but uh, what, what are your impressions of Eli? Does he seem like the typical heel or face, or does he seem like he's just manipulative? Like, what, what are you thinking about him? He seems like that master manipulator of things, just trying to pull the strings of every, pretty much every angle going on, with the exception of the women's title. He has right. his hands in pretty much everything else, whether it be trying to get Tim Storm to not retire, trying to get um, James Storm to put up his belt against Colt Cabana in any way possible for some reason, or even just keep poking the bear that is Nick Aldis saying, I want the world title. But he's not actually yet attempted to go after any of those belts. Right. He's right. just trying to, trying to get everyone to get after each other and then maybe come in, pick the bones after. Who knows what Eli Drake is really thinking. But that's where I'm thinking is that he's more that master manipulator at this moment. That's a great way of putting it, I think. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly the impression I get with him. Uh, so we open on uh, Marquez, David Marquez, welcoming Colt Cabana. And uh, Colt's excited. He's super excitable. One thing that he's really good at is getting the crowd involved as well. Like, he's, he's just got like, really high <coughs> energy when he walks in. And so uh, – He's pumped because this episode he's going to get a shot at James Storm for the national championship. Now, for those who don't know, who weren't following along, I mean, I think they try to recap it a little bit, the story. But, uh, you know, Colt was the national champion after Crockett Cup 2019 and uh, where he won it from Willie Mack. But James Storm immediately came in and challenged. Now, as time went on at a Ring of Honor show, Colt ended up hurting his leg and uh, had to have some kind of surgery, I believe, and then he was out. Uh, but he was recovering from that injury, and James Storm kept pestering him to uh, put up the title enough so that Colt finally 
gave in when James Storm was kind of pushing him around a little bit. And, of course, James Storm took advantage of that and won the national championship. So uh, that always has obviously lingered in the back of Colt's mind. And he's here, and he's 100%. He's excited, and he's going to take on James Storm tonight. So not a lot here right away, but any notes on, on that part? But just – I thought having Colt come out and be that big energy moment right at the beginning of the show was a great way to suck you in to kind of stay and watch and see how he does facing James Storm for the national title later on. And it really gets you invested right off the gate, which I don't know if that was the full intention, but it was very well done there. Yeah, I mean, Colt, you know – hearing him on interviews and stuff, he, he talks about from like the very first episode of NWA power, he walked out and uh, his very first line is like, this is exciting. And he was like, I wasn't kidding. Like the energy in the studio yeah. was just amazing. And uh, he's like, I get amped up. Like, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a, uh, it's weird to see, like, as we're recording this, like he's on AEW now, uh, which is I'm sure great for him. And hopefully this was like a step towards that for him. But, uh, it's just interesting that uh, to to see him in a different environment because now I've gotten used to him in these one on ones, which uh, or you know like I was gonna say like more up close, but now actually I guess even mm. AEW sort of seems like the studio since it's just yeah. like <laughs> twenty people surrounding the ring anyway. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, so so Colt leaves and Aaron Stevens is out. The uh, no eye contact rule is still in place, and I know you love Aaron Stevens. Uh, he, uh, talks about losing to Ricky Starks, uh, in prior weeks. And, uh, he wants to take on Ricky Starks again. He's had ring rust. He's trying to build back up. Uh, he's, you know, finds, now since he's like the great, great, great grandson of William Shakespeare, the crowd boos that he asks if they're booing Shakespeare, which I thought was pretty clever, but, uh, he wants a match with Ricky tonight. He's going to put some kind of typical NWA rule in place and, uh, if he loses, he'll just go back to Hollywood is what he says. Thoughts here on that. Aaron's such a good promo. As much as I don't like his character, he is such a good promo. <laughs> he knows how to get people to hate him. <laughs> just something about him coming out still with that posh attitude. I'm the grandson of Shakespeare. <laughs> I just, I just want to punch him. He's so good at it. But I thought it was a decent promo. Yeah. You know, all in all, it got you to hate Aaron Stevens. It may. But yeah. at this point, though, it was still good just to see Aaron Stevens back on TV. Who would have thought that even yeah. back in October? That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, the guy obviously he had some success in WWE. And, I mean, actually, I mean, I, I would say a lot of success. I mean, he was he – was, kind of killing it there for a while and like in his team with the Miz and uh with Miz Dal or whatever you know like that stuff like he seemed like a pretty popular character so I didn't see any problems with him he seemed to fit in in that environment and then he just kind of well I, I suppose he was in impact and stuff for a while but you know you just you just kind of didn't hear much from him it was uh it was it was good to see him back and and yeah he's he's the perfect obnoxious heel I think um uh, he uh so after he finishes up, uh, we do get our first uh, All This Is Going Retro commercial. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about these things before, Cody. So, uh, like, 
this is the first time we're seeing the Retromania wrestling. Nick mm-hmm. Aldis is going to be in there. Colt Cabana is going to be in it. Austin Idol, all of these people. So it seems like a really cool concept for a game and mm. uh, all of that stuff. So uh, where do you land on uh, – I don't know if you're a gamer or not. I mean, you mentioned Twitch earlier, mm. but – I mean, even on this this whole thing, or just the commercials in general, like how how do you feel about like that aspect of NWA Power? Well, on the gaming side of it, I love Fire Pro Wrestling, which is kind of looks like it's going to be what Retro Mania is somewhat looking for, just more of an Americanized version of that. Right. Which I think will be fantastic when it does come out. I'm still this commercial just made me more want to play the game. It still has yet to release, but. <laughs> Other than that, like the old school commercials to me are perfect. I just think they're the perfect fit for NWA. Austin Idol's promos are always classic. I still laugh every time I see the kayfabe cocktail commercial or the <laughs> Tyler Islands and or in Waffles commercial. Yeah. The first NWA shirt I ever bought was Tyler Irons and Waffles. Nice. Yeah, but it's just fantastic it, it, it is a harken back to the old days but in a way to pay homage to those weird style of commercials from the 80s but they're just perfect it's a perfect break and i just think that really to kind of pay homage to that old style i think it's great i think you uh you, you hit the nail on the head and then um also uh, you're in good company because I, I believe uh, even Nick Aldis has said his uh, his favorite shirt is that very same one, the uh, Tony Fox waffles and tire irons thing. Like that's a that's a that's a classy shirt. I like that one. Uh, I, I like the the uh, that it's already a meme you can find pretty easily online too. Is Austin Idol doing the uh, you know the what I forget what he says like something excitement or something. But uh, anyway him just celebrating on that wrestling school thing that's actually in the town i'm in uh i've yet to go look at it i mean obviously everything that's happened but uh but apparently his uh austin idol universal uh wrestling academy or whatever is is right up the road from me i didn't even know it was real <laughs> the yeah, first two it's times 100% i saw the real. commercial i, <laughs> I had a friend two times i saw the commercial i just thought it was a I'm like, oh, well, Billy came up with a cool idea. And I'm like, oh, and then I actually looked up, like, oh, my God, this is a real place. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the, uh, one of my friends sent me a photo of it, who's not even like a wrestling fan, like a, the huge sign outside on the side of the building. And, uh, was just like, have you heard of this? What the hell is this? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's, wow, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, and supposedly, um, one of the guys from, I don't know if you – did you watch the Circle Squared stuff? I did. Yeah, so the Nikita's team, those guys, uh, the the Russians or mm-hmm. the best kept, kept secret or whatever, uh, yeah, not Tyson Dean, but Jeff Lewis Neal uh, is one of the head trainers over there. So, like – Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, – Nice. Anyway, so supposedly that will start up soon. All right, so moving on, we go to uh, the Dawsons, and they are taking on Matthew Mims and Jordan Kingsley, and I wrote down their names just because uh, they deserve that respect since uh, we don't see anything else much out of them. They are very quickly dispatched by the Dawsons, and uh, the the best note I had from this was – 
Jim Cornette saying, uh, <laughs> the only disadvantage to these guys is they're not very smart. In high school, they got letter jackets in football, but somebody had to read it to them. <laughs> so Cornette did such a good job here of hitting that brute strength of the Dawson's over. And more going, yeah, they're not the smartest team, but they'll kill you. And if not, look at poor Mimsy in the middle of the ring getting murdered by Dave Dawson, who <laughs> hit a phenomenal drop kick. You don't really right? think a big guy like that's going to have that athleticism, but good Lord. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, like, how good he is. Like, uh, they th these guys are very agile for being very big boys. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was – I was in the crowd at every one of these power tapings and I gave them an endless amount of crap. Don't get me wrong. Like I regularly <laughs> yelled and, and taunted them, but only I'm sure they still want to fight you in the parking lot. Right. Exactly. So it's uh, it was, it was out of love. Uh, Zane and Dave, if you're watching, it's out of love. Um, so the, uh, Dawson's go up to Marquez and they're saying that they deserve a title shot. They haven't had their title shot. They need one, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they are approached by Homicide and Eddie Kingston, uh, Outlaw Inc. And uh, they are out there saying, you know, you guys, you got the better of us last time. You got the win, no complaining. But if you want the title shot so bad, we just want a rematch with you. We actually have a title shot, so we're willing to put that on the line if you'll go uh, with us right now and uh, the Dawson's uh, kind of wave it off for now and or they're, they're going to think about it maybe or something. Uh, what would what, you think about all this? I didn't really know what there was to think about. I figured <laughs> that was a pretty fair offer. <laughs> but, you know, out, they brought up a very good point. They beat Outlaw Inc. in a no disqualification match, but it was still a victory. So... They have a point. They do have a rightful claim, I think, anyway, for a shot at the NWA Tag Team titles. But if you have another opportunity, and this time a number one contenders match presented to you, and you go, eh, I don't think about it. What? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a little weird with them because they seem like tough guys, and they seem very capable and willing to fight at all times. But then when they get, like, approached – they're they have this tendency to be like ah eh, maybe not but to their credit if, if eddie kingston and homicide came up to me and said hey want to fight no 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 it's true i mean considering that there there was very blatantly uh you know eddie was mentioning in, in, in an earlier episode that they would stab them in the parking lot so i mean <laughs> i don't I believe it <laughs> and so and yeah it's it's that it's believable and the dawsons are like well we just sort of like wrestle we don't want to stab each other <laughs> but uh they want to live but... yeah yeah no knife fights please that's not what the it's NWA always is easier about. to get to it's always easier to win the tag team titles if you're alive to do so, so. <laughs> uh let's see uh so we get a sit down with uh joe galley and tim storm uh, Storm is uh, talking about he doesn't know where he's going to go from here. Obviously, he's lost the match against Nick Aldis at this point. Um, didn't get that. Uh, so so he can't fight for the title, the world's title anymore. Um, now, Galley does bring up the point that, hey, man, well, you know, there's the national title. There's the tag team titles. You know, you've got options here. But 
Storm, you know, and, and I, I give him props for this because it puts over the value of the world's heavyweight championship even more that he's like, just hearing that hurts. Like, I'm not taken away from the mm-hmm. importance of these other titles, but once you've had that one, it's hard to go back. And uh, it's just it stings, and I don't know what I want to do from here. Like, uh, he, he just kind of has this uh, – attitude of that maybe this is it for tim storm of course nick aldis walks out and uh what's a word with him and uh they forget to take off their mics luckily for us and uh they they talk over in the corner and uh aldis just basically comes out and uh, long story short says uh that he does he just needs to take it easy and think about things that this whole thing doesn't exist Mm -hmm. without tim storm also he's as important (laughs) a part as nick aldis uh, you know, just don't say anything yet that you're going to regret. So we don't really know where that's going, but uh, thoughts on this segment, buddy. I thought it was, this is the kind of backstage promo that really needs to be in wrestling more often. Just having that empty studio or having the empty set right next to the ring. Tim Storm basically putting his heart out there and saying, yeah, it, I could challenge for the national title or the tag titles, and I'd be honored to have them. But it does sting to not be able to go after that 10 pounds of gold. So he did a good job here of making sure that the other titles got over and that their significance was still there without burying the belts that some other champions do. But this type of promo, it just made you more – empathetic for Tim Storm made you more want to feel for Tim Storm and cheer for him and hope that he's able to rally back some way and hopefully go after that national title but it just made you more invested I think in Tim Storm if somebody didn't really know who he was coming into power or didn't know that he was the champion before Nick Aldis but that's just the style of promo needs to be in wrestling more I agree and just the, the fact that you actually had a promo that's not like two guys just yelling at each other or like it's leading to an altercation. It's just like a trying to get inside the head of what these guys are thinking. Mm. Uh, just that this is a big deal to them. Like obviously Tim Storm is concerned about the world title that he no longer has access to. I think Galley even at one point like says, if you think you could talk to William Patrick Corgan and see if he could make an exception or something. And Tim Storm. That's like, another no. really good point. Yeah, where he just says, "Yeah, I'm a man of my word. I'm not going to do what other promotions do and just kind of backtrack on their stipulations." That was the stipulation. If I don't win, I can't challenge for the title anymore, and I'm going to honor that, which is very admirable. Oh yeah, but, yeah. It's it's tough because Tim Storm is just like the most likable person in the world. Like the I, I say all the time, right? like you know, they they tried so hard at WWE to make like a Roman Reigns or a John Cena this guy. Like, as far as people just affectionately care about what this guy's doing with, like, Tim Storm is uh, number one baby face. Like, he he just can't do no wrong, I don't think. And, uh, and he does these things that I, I feel like in a lot of other shoes, it would be waved off by some audiences as lame or whatever. But you look at Tim Storm, and he's your dad, and he's doing the right thing. And he's, you know, he's a good dude, and you can't hate on him. When... Tim Storm, by himself, is able to have his mother more over than most people in wrestling that have been trying for decades to get over. Right. He's something special. It just – those kind of genuine 
baby like baby face reactions or just where you just want to love the guy it i always think they're more genuine than anything it so having just tim storm just come up and be yeah be like the dad of the nwa pretty much and just be that guy who you just want to see succeed somehow right it's just a genuine feeling yeah i i love that about him and so uh Obviously, we know what the future holds, but uh, just keeping it there, it's yeah. kind of weird, just like mysterious, whatever uh, Nick Aldis is doing here, uh, just keeping him from saying the words that it sounded like he was going to say, like, you know, that he's like maybe done yeah. or something like that. Aldis wants to keep him around for some reason. So uh, just kind of interesting. But uh, all right. So the next part of this is uh, our Thunder Rosa debut. We've seen her appear last week, but uh, she kind of confronts Marty Bell, but, you know, nothing really happens. And uh, this week, Thunder Rosa is actually in a match against Ashley Vox. Vox is coming off a victory against Marty Bell, um, and so she's got the momentum, but it's not going to be enough to take on Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa just uh, whips that ass, I guess, is the best way I could say it. Thunder Rosa, yeah. very dominant. And uh, uh, Thunder Rosa does attempt to go for uh, a little action after the matchup, but Marty Bell comes in for the save, and uh, Thunder Rosa rolls mm-hmm. out of the ring. What are your What are your thoughts on uh, this women's division and Thunder Rosa? All of that. Well, at this point, the women's division was really still getting built up in the NWA. You, there's still a couple of key players that have yet to, to debut, but having even just the roster that they have at this point, just having Marty Bell, Ashley Vox, who I'm very familiar with working up here in the Northeast, uh, Thunder Rosa, who's a phenomenal worldwide talent to have. And then Allison Kay, another woman I'm very familiar with, but having, just having at the moment, just having those four is a very strong start to build, really building up that division. And th- I thought this was a fantastic match between her and between Thunder and Ashley Vox. It got Ashley Vox. It didn't. It wasn't a total squash match, which thank God. I hate that during debuts. But having Thunder Rosa having to work for it a little bit and show off what she can do, and then having Ashley Vox really still show up, still stand out in this match, but not totally overshadow Thunder Rosa. I thought the whole. The way it was put together was fantastic between the two, and the chemistry between the two was perfect. That's a really good point you bring up there, too. Uh, and so I feel like I'm just blowing smoke up your ass like you're all constantly. You guys keep saying great point, but uh, we think alike. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ashley Vox has this, like, um, fiery attitude that she uh, she portrays really, really well. And so she doesn't always succeed, but I don't think anything about her – any like anybody would doubt that she's a tough competitor. Like she's in there giving it 110% every time. Like she is, she is there to fight and win. Um, so even for Thunder Rosa, who, you know, they've even to present day is a very strong competitor. And like you said, mm-hmm. a worldwide talent, uh, Ashley Box does. It's not just Thunder Rosa walks over them. Not even like the Dawson's with Mimsy and stuff earlier in the evening here mm. um ashley vox puts up a fight but uh of course thunder rosa comes out on top thunder rosa came into this <laughs> company with a like 
she's on fire. Like, I mean, just already, like the day that she walked out, she is a star. Like she just comes mm-hmm. in with just something different than she has that did. presence. Yeah, that exactly. World, like I am the star and I am coming for your title. And I am already a number one contender. Oh, even though you haven't seen me in the ring yet, get ready. I'm coming. And I'm going to make my point that this is going to be my house here in the NWA. Yeah, and, and this match just uh, solidified that. Like, just just seeing her take on Ashley Vox, I mean, everything she does is just, it, it's aggressive and just feels brutal. And so you're excited to see more of her by the time this is over. Uh, a little weird at the end. She She's obviously, I think a lot of people wanted to love Thunder Rosa right from the beginning, but she's very much uh, leaning on the heelish side here because she is going for the, beat out of Ashley after, but luckily Marty's there to make the save, which brings us to the next segment, which is uh, Marty outside the ring. Uh, and uh, she's talking with David Marquez about, well, she's frustrated. She's having a hard time because Ash, Allison Kay, uh, who you mentioned earlier is out there and, and Allison has been talking about, she doesn't think that Marty should get another shot yet. Like she's not worthy of it. Uh, and and that's not just out of nowhere for anybody who wasn't aware at this time. Uh, Ashley, or I'm sorry, Marty was, I think, Allison's first defense. Uh, and they did that on Ring of Honor. And uh, Allison K came out on top in that match. So I think she's just saying, like, well, I can't just hand out rematches to friends just because. Like, she's got to start winning some matches to earn that spot. So I think that's what she's going for. Although she does come across kind of harsh to her buddy. And uh, so Marty's frustrated. She doesn't get it. Allison walks out. It's like, oh, now you're out here. You're airing all our business. This ain't Dr. Phil. Come on. You can talk to me if you've got a problem. And uh, they're going to hash it out, except that Thunder Rosa's back out again uh, with the beatdown of Allison Kay. Uh, from behind, takes her down, throws her in the ring. And Marty is a little iffy now. Marty's kind of just watching it go down. And Marty rolls into the ring. Stares down Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is offering Allison Kay as a as a sacrifice almost, and uh, and uh, Marty Bell takes it and uh, starts con- continuing the beatdown on Allison Kay. And Marty has flipped on her friend. Uh, how how did you feel about this, Cody? Well, it's kind of hard to sympathize with Allison Kay, like unless you know Allison Kay and have watched her career you know that she does come off as very brash and very straightforward. When Allison said, hey, I don't think Marty's ready just yet. She didn't mean it as a slight to Marty Bell, I don't think. She more meant it as, like you said, I already gave her a title match and she didn't win. So she needs to start winning a little bit more, get that record up. But it did come across as... Yeah, she's not ready. She's not on my level. To which I can see where Marty took exception to that. Not totally sympathizing with Marty Bell here. She maybe should have talked about it in the back. Like Allison well, said, that's what I, not Dr. Phil. I was about to ask you, like, do you sympathize enough that you justify uh, she teams up with Thunder Rose and beats down her buddy? Kind of 50-50. Okay. Like, yeah, she has a good reason to. Because Allison kind of belittled her on international television. 
But if if Marty was a good enough friend of Allison, she would know that Allison didn't mean the mean it the way that she said it. But lo and behold, she took exception to that and ended up taking the bait that Marty that Thunder Rosa gave her, saying, "Here's Allison Kay on a silver platter, basically. Take your shot." And she did. So it looks like Marty's going to go join Thunder Rosa or just go off into the world of heels, which <laughs> it's a shame, but you kind of sympathize with her. Yeah, you, you, you can sense that she's frustrated. It's tough because Marty's a very sweet lady. Like She seems very mm-hmm. nice all the time. And so it's uh, tough to see her uh, choose the dark side. But uh, alas, here we are. Uh, so uh, the next thing we have is, uh, according to my notes, is a question mark promo. Uh, where, where do you stand on the, the question mark, Cody? I'm interested to know your thoughts. He hasn't debuted at this point, I guess, technically, but at least, you know, we could get your overall. Well, at this point, the vignettes definitely got your attention because they just, like you said, we go from this really heartfelt moment between Marty Bell turning on Thunder Rosa to, boom, who is the question mark? And it gets your attention. It keeps you wondering, what are they building for? Because at this point, you don't even know that they're building towards a person until the very last second of the promo where they show you that split moment of the question mark hitting his karate pose. But other than that, <laughs> you really are just like, here's this woman. She's talking about the mountains and the volcanoes. and You really don't know what they're going for until... You see that split second at the end. So it's like, those promos get you? But to me, it was more confusing. But then you actually see it. Yeah, that's a really good and point. my though, God, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you like it. But uh, yeah, you, you do make a, a great point about how they uh, – just jump right into the question mark after you've seen this bitter destruction of a friendship. Yeah. And they're just like, and here's this weirdo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, all right. So we get, we get a little hit of the question mark. He'll be coming up eventually. And, uh, the next up though, is two of the guys that you <coughs> talked about loving already. You, uh, mentioned right at the top of the show, like two of your favorite people in the NWA were, mm-hmm. Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks, and here they are in their matchup. It turns out the NWA uh, stipulation they're taking from is the two out of three falls match uh, for historical nerds. Uh, Usually the NWA title was defended in two out of three falls. Uh, So they're going to do that here, and we've got Starks versus Stevens. Um, I guess just to jump through what happens, I mean, Stevens, uh, the ring rust maintains, I guess, because uh, Starks – wraps him up right off the bat and gets a pin. Went for that blind side and just able to sidestep it just enough while taking off his jacket <laughs> to just get the one, two, three. And then with Stevens rolling out of the ring in pure shock, this is where the playing to the crowd at GDB at Studios means so much to a match. 
because Stevens goes out and he's saying no, and the crowd's chanting yes at him. Santa falls in his face <laughs> saying yes at him. And Ricky's just in the ring, taking off his headband, taking off his chains as if we'd still getting ready to start a match. <laughs> That's perfect. A- yeah, and uh, and fortunately for Stevens, it doesn't last much longer either because uh, Stevens is back in there. And you think, you know, this is another good quality for me about the <laughs> NWA is you, you don't know what to expect. Typically, this kind of match, you know what's coming next. Like, Stevens is going to yeah, get yeah. some kind of cheap win, and then we'll get to the third fall and then see who's really the better man. And uh, No, Ricky uh, wrestles him for a little while, but goes for a dive off the top rope. Eric Stevens sidesteps him. Uh, gets Ricky on the mat, and uh, showboat's a little too long because when he goes to pick Ricky up, he gets rolled up, and for the one, two, three, and two straight falls, Ricky Starks beats Aaron Stevens. Uh, how you feeling about uh, Aaron Stevens and his uh, lack of, of winning ability? I don't know what else to call it. Well, he did manage to still have – for getting to that second fall, it wasn't exactly an easy road for Ricky Starks. He still had to fight for it. He still had a pretty decent match, but it was, you could tell Aaron Stevens, he's been around for a while. He was able to, he does know how to help get someone over. And he, this was a showcase for Ricky Starks. Because the first match we saw him in was pretty quick. It was a nice, quick roll up of Aaron Stevens and then having him hear more, show more of what he can do in the ring. Show a little bit more of that athletic ability. Show a little bit more of that showboating cockiness. And that's what he was able to do here. And with Aaron Stevens being that almost perfect foil to, oh, well, I'm going to get the cheap shot here right at the right time. And I'm going to go outside the ring and showboat for a little while. Yes, it does come back to bite him in the end, but it was a great match here between these two. The only thing that I would say to on Aaron Stevens that was bad was what on earth was he thinking with skin tone trunks? I love that. That's exactly uh, not not the trunks. Uh, I love that you brought that up because that's exactly <laughs> where I was going in the conversation. As I was going to ask you how you felt about uh, about the uh, flesh colored uh, trunks there. No, no, it's just no. Yeah, it's a. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you should wear the robe and keep it on, man. Children oh, man. in the audience. This is a family show. <laughs> it's it's funny you say that. Like it's uh, it just uh, that that for the audience we were all like, oh my god, oh, yeah. what is this? I remember distinctly, and I can't recall exactly where it's at, but there is a match with Stevens in the ring, and Colt is on the outside, and uh, I can't remember if it already happened or if it's gonna happen. But Colt is standing with his back to the audience at one point. But, like, Aaron Stevens is wrestling, and he's got those tights on. And I remember he turned around to, like, our little group, like, where we were sitting, and, like, Santa Vol was right there. And he's just like, wow, you can really see that guy's wiener and everything, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, just – you could tell, too, even watching, that, watching this episode, he t- takes off the robe, and this the collective – gasp of the crowd and then you just hear this like moment of like everyone in the room just going why like (laughs) that was your choice you could have went 
with something artistic. You're the great, 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 great grandson of Shakespeare, and that's what you came up with. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm not sure Shakespeare would approve of that, uh, Aaron, but, you I know. I don't think anyone would approve of that. The thing is, is you walk away from uh, a show with Aaron Stevens on it, and you definitely remember Aaron Stevens. So I'll oh, give you're him... entertained, <laughs> and you will never forget Aaron Stevens. Yeah. You may haunt your nightmares, but you will never forget. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I'm disturbed. I can say that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, Cody, the next thing up is uh, James Storm versus Colt Cabana. We've got Eli Drake and Kid Anderson at ringside. Um, I mean, my biggest notes from this match uh, just were that it was a really good match. Like, I thought that these two guys carried themselves like they deserved a main event spot in a show like they just they look good uh, t- james storms the proven main eventer around the world Colt cabana former nwa champion having these two in the ring in the main event spot was perfect especially for the national title where Colt cabana wants his belt back like if for those of you who didn't haven't really seen the story kind of building up to this James Storm won that belt from Colt Cabana at a Ring of Honor event while Colt Cabana was injured so Colt wants, wanted his match his dream match while he was 100% when he was ready to go and James Storm kept denying him and denying him and denying him until he won that right on the last episode of Power so these two went out there and put on that classic old school match if you ever wanted to watch a match or show somebody that hasn't really watched wrestling since the early, since the late eighties, early nineties, us an old school match that can happen in today's atmosphere. This is the match I would say, go show them. Cause yes, you do get some of your comedy spots with Colt Cabana, but they're not overbearing. And he really shows off his amateur wrestling background. Like important was mentioned on commentary here that he does have that background. He shows that off in this match, and James Storm really goes to town here and just has a phenomenal match with Colt Cabana. But again, if you want to show someone an old school match, I would say this is the match you show them up until the end. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, well, I mean, you know, the thing is, it's like Colt does get his comedy bits in there and everything. James Storm is just a tough SOB kind of wrestler. Um, but But all of that stuff you mentioned is important because – Storm's been walking this line. Like, he always is – he's in that gray area. He's, like, baby face or heel. Nobody really knows. Like, he could flip on you in a minute. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, he does. I mean, he's – Colt has a right to be angry and want the fight because James Storm did take the title in, in a less than honorable manner. So, uh, it was good to see Colt get his revenge here and actually get a, a, a match with him. Uh Basically, all of that stuff we said, good match, lots of near falls. We get towards the end. James Storm throws Colt up for the eye of the storm, hits it, pins Colt, and you think he's got him, but it's a two-count. He kicks out. Eli somehow gets very frustrated by this whole thing, jumps up on the apron. He's arguing with the referee. Ken Anderson runs around to uh, get involved, and he and Eli are facing off. And uh, they're backing themselves around, and all of a sudden, Camille's out for some reason, and Camille gives the shove to Kid Anderson into Eli, which causes just all all kinds of a ruck, ruckus, a kerfuffle, and 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, even right before all that happened, the wild cards came out. Oh, good point. I didn't. And held on to the leg of Dame Storm, preventing him from jumping on Colt Cabana. So you've already had the wild cards interfere. Eli Drake's coming out or is out here already upset that the eye of the storm didn't get the three count. And Anderson and him get ready to brawl. Camille, for no reason, just appears. There's no explanation to why Camille is here yet. It's just there. It's just... And the craziness isn't even over. No. Well, so what ends up happening is that during all of that distraction, James Storm gets taken away for a second to see what's going on. And, of course, this leads to Colt Cabana taking advantage of the scenario. Ends up hitting that Superman pin. And uh, getting the one, two, three, Colt Cabana is your new NWA national champion. And uh, congratulations to Colt on that. But uh, Shape Storm, I will say, takes it, takes it like a man. He's just like, you know, I had you. And uh, we'll, we'll see each other again soon, all of that stuff. Uh, and he, he walks away from it. But he acknowledges He does the get in the face of Ken Anderson, though. That's true. That's true. He does get in his face. Um, uh, and, and that's, that's the whole show, except it's not the whole show because for some reason, now the Dawson's are out and <laughs> here are the Dawson's and they're at the, uh, podium and they're like, well, you know what? We're not waiting. Now we decided we want to fight and we're going to get back in the ring and we need Outlaw Inc. out here and let's do this right here and right now. And all of a sudden Outlaw Inc. is out and you've got an impromptu matchup between Outlaw Inc., Homicide and Kingston versus the Dawsons, and uh, and they they get rowdy and they they battle it out. We're, how did you feel about this? Like this this caught me completely off guard. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? Even well, you this can kind of tell it. that like everyone's going to the back. You think Cornette and Galley are about to sign off, or Dave Marquez is about to do a big sign off, saying, "Hey, tune in next week, kids." You're ready to and hear that. Into sudden, the fire. Yeah, wait, I miss that song so much. So do I. But we get into it, and you think everything's getting ready to wrap up, and then all of a sudden, boom, the Dawsons are about to dump Dave Marquez. And, no, we want our match now. We waited 40 minutes, damn it, and we want our, our number one contenders match. So out the, and Outlaw Inc.'s not going to back down from a challenge. Eddie Kingston Homicide never have and probably never will back down from a challenge, so... They probably hear it in the back and come storming out for a brawl, and that's what we get. Referee just magically pops up in the ring. I <laughs> never saw him make an appearance. He just rings the bell, and here we go. Number one contenders match. They now like the Dawson's. It just starts in a brawl. Yeah, exactly. They go at each other. It's a it's a pretty like just a almost in a in a sense like the opposite of like the last match where it was like a <laughs> just a good solid wrestling match. These guys are just beating the hell out of each other. Uh, those dang wild cards can't stay away. They're back out. They start interfering or, or, you know, they somewhat, they're, they're being very distracting. Uh, one of the Dawson's, uh, because Dave gets thrown on top of the wild cards yeah. at one point and, uh, the wild cards start getting feisty, but then the rock and roll express are out and, uh, they pull the wild cards down and they start brawling with the wild cards. You got Kingston and homicide, and the Dawson's and the ring fighting and, uh, Chaos ensues, but uh, as the rock and roll battle, the Dawson's, or I'm sorry, the wild cards into the back, 
Uh, Kingston and Homicide get the upper hand on the Dawsons, and Homicide hits the cutter on Dave and gets the one, two, three. Kingston and Homicide are victorious. Thoughts here, Cody? It did end up turning into a good match. For, after what started out as a full-blown brawl, it did start to resemble a tag team match. And then along came wild cards, which ruined that aspect. And then right back to brawl we go. But there was a lot of good moments here. Um, Dave Dawson falling on onto the wild cards after getting drop kicked by Homicide. Kind of helped turn that tide a little bit. And then Eddie Kingston helping the Rock and Roll Express eliminate the wild cards completely from the equation was a good step. And then hitting the gringo cutter at the end for the one, two, three, Outlaw Inc. still gets their number one contendership shot against the wild cards later on. So I think it ended up becoming a good surprise main event. Yeah, surprise made of it. Yeah, it's uh, that's it's crazy just out of nowhere. But I guess it just keeps up that anticipation that you never know what's going to happen on NWA Power. Who knows at any point? Genuinely, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fantastic episode. So overall, this was uh, at this point at least, and uh, so far in my rewatch here, this is one of my favorite episodes. I've really enjoyed this one. I thought it had a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. in it. Uh, like we talked about the debut match from Thunder Rosa. Uh, a lot of feuds started here that you're going to see carry on for a while. And uh, so it just felt like a lot got done in a span of a le- little less than an hour, uh, which is amazing to me, by the way. Can I just say that, yeah. you know, like we got like three hour wrestling shows and just how much they packed into one hour of TV time, you know, like you, you just got so much accomplished. It was, it was pretty impressive and it leaves you, Feeling satisfied, but still enough, you're like, well, I got to see what happens next week, you know? I mean, that's at least how I Well, one thing, yeah. Well, one thing NWA does really well is even with a taped show, and like for this, even this is a great example because this was seven weeks after the tapings, and it felt fresh. If you were just watching it for the first time, you never – you really were anticipating the Dawson's come out, although you might have read it on spoilers or so, or something. But even then, with spoiler sites, that was five weeks ago. You have to really look if you're looking for the spoilers there. So NWA does a good job of keeping the environment going for a tape show and keeps it fun, keeps it going fresh. Yes, there are stuff that you guys didn't see in the crowd that airs on power. Right. But like the Tim Storm segment. But other than that, like even with the stuff that you guys did get to see, it they do a good job of hiding the fact that it's a tape show. And pretty much hiding in broad daylight, I should say. But it's really well done. This show really was one of those early episodes that really set the tone for how this is NWA power. This is what NWA's show is going to be every week and this is what you can expect and i really think it set a very high bar for itself and did kind of set a high bar for some other youtube shows that have happened to come out over the last couple of months inspired by power you see it a lot from some of the other independents that hey power is kind of influencing on the independent scene that youtube is a viable way 
to have a television show. But all in all, NWA Power Episode 5, solid job. Awesome. Yeah, well, it's good to hear you liked it. And um, so uh, I'm assuming, so since this, I mean, you you were re-watching this, right? You've seen all of the Power episodes going through? Okay. Well, uh, Oh, yeah, I watched them almost religiously as they happened. Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, Cody, uh, that that wraps up episode five. And so I guess we will, unless you've got something else to add, we'll wrap it up here. But uh, uh, I've had a lot of fun talking to you, man. I um, I think as we go, we'll, I'm sure this won't be the last time we speak. So uh, this will be Hopefully a- not. I had, a gr- I had a great time and really hope to be back. But it's a great time here on This is the NWA. Oh, thanks, Cody. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you online if uh, if they'd like to interact. Um, hit me up on Instagram um, at Cody Jenny. It's pretty easy, and there you could kind of follow my adventures throughout the wrestling world, and just be be more. If you're able to message me, go right ahead. I'm pretty open. And that's uh, Cody Jetty. It's C-O-D-Y-J-E-N-N-E, right? Mm-hmm. All one word. Okay, perfect. Cody, thanks again for doing this. Uh, everybody, Thank as you. always, I am at This Is Gary Horde on all of the social media stuff. It's at the NWA pod on everything. If you haven't already and you're watching this, hit subscribe and give us a like, all that stuff. Uh, that all helps us get in front of more people and we could uh, – Build our community. We have the hashtag NWA fam, which Cody is now a part of. And uh, we're glad. I wouldn't even know Cody if it wasn't for this thing. So help us get spread the the love, the NWA love. Uh, All right. Well, Cody, you have a good rest of your week, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. You too.